0: Welcome to the Scaling Freelance Podcast, where successful freelancers, consultants, and solopreneurs tell us exactly how they started working for themselves and started to live a life on their own terms. Each episode features real stories packed with real salary numbers, business tactics, and lifestyle hacks that will inspire you to get serious about the business side of freelancing.
1: So my best month was May
0: 2018. I probably brought in like close to $20,000, $15,000. Usually
1: around 10K a month. I think I did like $20,000 worth of photography gigs, which was extraordinary.
0: Come hang out with me and other growth-minded freelancers at scalingfreelance.com. I'm your host, Sean Crow, and here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is John Wands. John is a digital marketing freelancer based pretty close to me here in Chicago. Um, His business, Design Wands, helps family-owned businesses with their digital marketing efforts. John, are you ready to talk about scaling freelance?
1: I am ready, Sean.
0: Awesome. Where in uh, Chicagoland are you?
1: Yeah, so I'm in the South Side area, Evergreen Park. Okay. But what's crazy is, so like we, behind us is Chicago. So like we border, like if I go across the street, we're right behind a church, that's Chicago. So I tell people Mm. Evergreen Park, South Side, but we're technically, we're not Chicago proper.
0: So yeah, so you're a burb. You're you're not in Chicago.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not Chicago proper. But if you ask uh, the people around here, they'll say they're from Chicago. But I'm not. It's not like I'm from. Uh, I'm originally from Naperville. But even okay. when I was from Naperville, I was always like, no, I'm from Naperville. I'm not from Chicago because there's those people who are like, yeah, live in <laughs> Naperville, but they say they're from Chicago. I'm not one of those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your business and what you guys do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, appreciate the opportunity here, Sean. So yeah, Design Wands was started in around 2015, um, and we were seeing a lot of common problems with family-owned businesses not really having a digital presence or kind of getting left behind compared to a bigger corporate company. So, mm. uh, we started around 2015 and honestly I just kind of sold the website for $500 and kind of it took off from there. Awesome. Uh, we help family-owned businesses, small to medium sized, probably anywhere in revenue from 250 to 15 million, 250,000 to 15 million. Um and everything from web design social media, videography, photography, SEO, drone work, anything they need done, I don't want them to outsource it. I want to be their guy.
0: Got it. So how does one guy do drone photography and SEO <laughs> all at the same time for all these businesses?
1: Yeah, its uh, you have to be very organized. I think I always am kind of looking at what can I do today to give them an edge? So I'll follow their competitors. For instance, you know, I work with a plumbing company and I'm looking at what other plumbing companies are doing. And if there's an area where I'm like, well, we could probably be doing time lapses of your project with a GoPro that will set you apart from the plumbing company down the street. Hmm. I kind of look at it from that perspective of, all right, what can we do to be different. Um, and I think kind of your question about how do I handle all this? It's more of I just kind of have a weird mindset of, I'm always trying to tap into new things. Um, and that's, I think why I like the digital marketing sector, because there's so many different options you can do. And I think I'm getting better at some of them compared to the others. So like my SEO is improving. Uh, my web design's definitely improving. Video, you just kind of, it's kind of like riding a bike. You get get used to it and then you uh, shift it into a higher gear. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So it's it's literally just you doing all of this stuff. You don't have any contractors or team members?
1: Yeah, so I do have a drone guy who's kind of teaching me how to do things right now. But other than that, no, everything is in house. I don't outsource anything um, from web design, social media, graphic design, anything they need done, uh, I'm the guy.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Tell us about when you started this. Where were you at in life? Were you at agencies before? What was that like starting this freelance business?
1: Yeah, great question, Sean. So, like many entrepreneurs, I always had the itch and I told my dad when I graduated that I wanted to start a business, and he was the first one to say, not yet, because he knew I, I needed to learn a lot more, mm-hmm. um, so I was—I had a, a very strange career path. I worked in an athletic department at Illinois State University, so I really enjoyed the sports side of media relations. That's kind of what I was in, and then I shifted once I graduated to working at 97.1 FM The Drive. In their promotions department. Um, And then I decided I want to go more into the sales role. So I worked with a a decent sized marketing company that was kind of just selling like print advertising, which I didn't necessarily believe in. So I was more, I was caught at a crossroad with that where I was, you know, saying, yeah, you should have a website, but I wasn't offering that as a service because the business I was working with didn't provide that. Um, so I was there and then I, uh, went into the co-working industry. So I was managing ref three innovation center in Naperville. And then I went into managing 25 N co-working based in Geneva, but I worked at the Arlington Heights location. And then, yeah, I was on top of that too. I worked with my plumbing client as a plumber for, uh, about two months to kind of make ends meet. Um, and they were very happy to to kind of help me. and I didn't know if that's the route I wanted to do. It's been a crazy path, but I'm so grateful for the opportunities that my clients keep giving me. So mm.
0: so how did you what was that transition like from full-time to full-time freelance?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you should ask my wife that because she was <laughs> she was the one where I was like, hey, you know, Carrie, um, she's kind of like the CFO of our business, so she does help. So I do, I do have help uh, with her and that side of things. But the transition was once I knew I could take this as a full-time income and pay the bills, make some money and save some money, I was, I was all in on this. It was a weird transition at first because I had all these full-time jobs, but I always had design wands on my mind of trying to build this on the side until I could take this as a full-time income for myself.
0: Mm -hmm. So did you wait then until you were making full-time income and then you left your job or did you get like halfway there and you say, you know, if I focused on this, I can get the other halfway.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There was a, a crossroads moment for me. I proposed to my wife. I quit the, or i left the job that I was at. Um, and I told her, you know, I'm doing Design One stuff full time. I promise you, I'm going to make this work. You know, give me six months to try and have this as a, a sole income. Um, and it worked. Um, I was able to dedicate all my time to getting new clients, connecting with businesses, meeting with businesses. Um, I think the one piece of advice I have for people who are like, I want to get out of what I'm doing and do my own thing is keep that because you need money coming in, but always be building this on the side. So every hour matters in, in a freelance career and especially when you're starting off. Um, but if you focus on, you know, that freelance opportunity or whatever you're trying to do on the side, um, when you have some downtime then you should be successful. If you put your mind to it you you will be uh, you'll be good, but you got to put the time aside for that.
0: Mhm. So how did you get your first handful of clients while you were at your job? What, what were you doing to actually find these people?
1: Cold calling. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, so uh it's it's funny to look back at The relationships I've kind of built, because I was selling five hundred dollar websites. I was just trying to get opportunities, Um, and I've grown those up to, you know, five to ten thousand dollar accounts that are yearly paying me to do their marketing. So I um, I started small and just said, you know, let's try to provide as much value as possible and figure out how we can measure the business that I'm bringing in for them. So. It was a lot of cold calling. And then once I kind of got the hang of web design, I was reaching out to businesses and saying, hey, can I do this for you? And if they said, you know, how much will it cost, then I will give them a price. But I was also very kind of in a a mindset where I was, I'm going to do this for free and then come back and say, this is all the value I've provided. Um this is what it's going to cost to move forward with me doing this full time for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, That works well for us too, where we do a small little project, right. That gets them in the door. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if it's a paid project, it'll be like gets their credit card in our system. Right. And they're, they're invested in us now. Right. And then you can go back and upsell them on the, on the bigger project. How did you end up doing that? Uh, did you learn that from someone or was this kind of an intuitive thing to to do stuff for free first?
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a great question, Sean. And I didn't necessarily follow another business model. I kind of just said, okay, I can do social media. Let's put together some posts and mock-ups for these businesses to look at. And um, it's funny when you just put the time and effort in to meet with a business. I don't do any, I don't think I've ever closed a business over the phone and it's always, you know, let's meet, let's sit down and then ideas come up. They're like, you know what? I've always thought about getting photos of my team or doing a video commercial. And it's like, I'm your guy. Like that's why I'm here, you know? Mm. So it, it was just more of a, piecing it together, saying I can do something and then going to the drawing board and saying, all right, let's figure out how we can, you know, do this uh, in a professional manner.
0: For sure. Yeah. So where do you how do you envision your business growing? What what do you want this business to turn into? Because uh, there's a few paths you can take, right? You can just stay the sole yeah. opener freelancer. Uh, you could start outsourcing some work you could turn into an agency. Uh, where do you want to take this?
1: I think the one thing I avoid is putting together like a five year plan. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I believe in maybe a two to three month plan of a window and saying, all right, I need to meet with this client. I need to meet with this guy. Bigger picture with Design Wands. I just, as long as I'm getting opportunities, I don't see the point of even trying to bring on. Uh, more team members um, because I've been able to figure out how to do this in a professional manner. That's making good money. And um, at the end of the day, it's providing really good value to the, the clients. So mm-hmm. I, even if somebody came my way and was like, Hey, I want to team up with you. I'd be very cautious with that approach just because um, I've been able to do this now you know, moving forward, I don't have kids right now. I think when I get more time consumed with family stuff, I will maybe look to bring in, you know, other help. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say in the immediate future right now, you know, maybe the next three to six months, I I wouldn't be kind of looking at that, just kind of seeing that I still get opportunities and uh, figure out how I can provide the value.
0: Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with staying small. I think it's totally underrated uh, because yeah. you can make a good business by staying really lean, really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no reason we all have to go build these big agencies.
1: Right, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think I'm sure you've known this just based off your career. Like the more people that are on your team, it is it takes pressure off of you, but then you're also taking all of their ideas and their problems and stuff that that that's setting them back um on top of what you're trying to focus on so yeah i'm sure you know you and your uh, business partner know that it's it's Mm -hmm. everyone has this dream of becoming the next uh you know edelman or uh you know a, a bigger marketing company but i think it's more fun when you're you're small you're you're in the trenches. You're gritty. You're you're trying to figure out what you can do to, to help these businesses.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a good book uh, that I would recommend. It's called Company of One. Uh, Company it's by of One. Paul, okay. It's by Paul Jarvis. He's kind of a if you don't know his name, he's kind of a solopreneur, freelancer guy um, in the space. And it's the whole book is about this like theory and this thesis. It's really good. Really interesting. So how do you currently maintain your, a consistent level of income? Is it how you structure your projects and your contracts? Or do you, is, are they pretty quick projects and you just have to keep getting business?
1: I, I think one thing that sets me apart from the other marketing companies is I ask my clients when I meet with them to give me one year to provide as much value to them so everything is signed with a one-year deal nice um and my structure of income is they'll either be paying me monthly or i break it into three or four payments if it's a you know bigger contract that they have to be paying but yeah it's it's been working the the year just asking for one year commitment you know it's nice because you know some months you're you're seeing more as renewals come in but then you also have a steady you know certain amount of thousands of dollars coming in that you can depend on
0: yeah that's that's huge that you can get 12 month contracts uh, what's what's like a typical if you had to average it out contract size for a year
1: sure it it depends on the business so mm-hmm. for instance like i work with a funeral home and they might have a different profit margin on getting a lead than my uh, lawn sprinkler business. So mm-hmm. I kind of base it off of what I think they're going to get off of leads. And I asked them straight up, you know, how much do you charge for a, uh, a lawn sprinkler installation or how much do you charge for a funeral service? And then I base the, uh, total contract uh based off of that price but i usually i won't do anything for less than five thousand dollars a year and then it goes all the way up to right around forty thousand dollars a year so that's kind of okay all my clients pay me a different level but it just kind of depends on what i think they're going to make back from me Um, and obviously with every client i want them to tenfold their investment so i think Mm -hmm. i've found a niche and a pricing that works, so that they will always get their investment back.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So are you still cold calling clients then, or are you starting to get more referrals come in?
1: Uh, Definitely referrals. I'm I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I've been very lucky too. So I kind of talked about this earlier, where I was just kind of approaching businesses and saying, let me just build your website. You don't have to pay me for anything. So one of my favorite projects right now is uh, I work with the Andrew Wisher Foundation, which is it's a nonprofit foundation that helps children and adolescents with uh, battling cancer. They write checks to these families that are going through, you know, cancer diagnosis and uh, all the stuff that comes with that. The reason why I'm bringing up that foundation is they have a concert fest, uh, Wish Fest, that I've built the website for that. I've built the website for their organization. And then from that, I've gotten clients from WishFest specifically that are sponsoring the event now. So mm. it kind of comes full circle. If you if you put your mind to doing your best, providing value to these clients, you will get referred because you know this, Sean. Everybody wants a guy. You got a, yep. you got a car mechanic guy. You got a, a landscaping guy, you got a roofing guy. I want to be the digital marketing guy that everybody knows about within their small circles. Um, so I, I've been fortunate that I've gotten a lot of referrals from clients and I always ask, I, I have no problem asking at the end of you know that year commitment, you know, look, I'm trying to build my business. Uh, provide more value to other clients in this area Um, you know do you have any connections and you'd be surprised my home construction clients are connected with roofing clients Mm -hmm. that are connected with tree service businesses so it's like it all just kind of comes together
0: yeah interesting so i'm curious the you, you built this website for free for the foundation yeah do you are you able to pinpoint exactly how you got that referral from one of their sponsors? Like, did you ask them, "Hey, can you introduce me to your sponsors, and I'll talk to them," or did it just happen behind the scenes, and you have no idea how the conversation went, and you just get an email?
1: <laughs> Both, actually. So I had um, Danny Wisher; he's an awesome guy. He he's the head of the foundation. Um, And he was the one who was like, after about two years, I was building their websites for them and and doing good work. He was the one who was like, what can we do for you? And I said, if you could send out an email to some of your sponsors that you trust um, and just throw my name out there to see if they need any help. So that's worked. And then just, yeah, referrals. I've gotten cold emails from clients uh, that have referred me in. So it's, Comes full circle when you're doing good work, um, mm-hmm. and your clients like you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge proponent. i making sure people know that referrals don't just happen, right? there's, no, there's they things don't. that we can do, right? Right. Like you can reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, this is what I do. Do you know mm-hmm. anybody?" Or just being a nice person and making sure they remember you, like sending right. them cookies or something, you know? Because um, referrals drive freelance businesses and um, I'm a huge proponent of that just because we don't just have to sit around and wait for emails.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I think you're, you're the type of guy, Sean, too, that's very, um, you see some opportunity, you're going to approach it aggressively. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you need to be that way. It's, it's a game. This whole, yeah. this, and I think if you have, I have a sports background. Do you have a, a sports background, Sean?
0: Um, I played growing up. Yeah. and I, I do a lot of in- yeah. intramurals here in Chicago.
1: There you go. So I, I think you you enjoy that competition, being on a team. I I treat every business thing like that too. You treat mm-hmm. it like a, a game. Um, you're gonna have fun, and you got to be aggressive.
0: Yep, totally. Um, so do you? What's your your like work life balance look like? Are you a work from home person, or do you have an office?
1: Yeah, I uh, work from here. Um, in Evergreen Park, I will. If I'm not meeting clients, um, then I'm usually here or at a Starbucks. Um, it's funny. I was in the co-working industry, so I understand the importance of getting out uh, and and being around people. If you have that opportunity, there's not really a co-working space that's close, unless I want to drive to mm-hmm. uh, the Chicago area downtown. Um, which I don't want to right now. So it's uh,
0: it's a commute. Nobody wants
1: no, that. No, <laughs> exactly. Commute, uh, commuting is Ed, that should be on like the job qualifications when you're applying somewhere. It should say where do you live? Here's your average commute time because you unless you're using it, you know, to make phone calls and and listen to podcasts. Commuting is it uh, takes a toll on your life. That's for sure.
0: Yep. I agree. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah, it's, the work-life balance is is more just working from home. But the beauty of working from home is I've developed the discipline to kind of step away as well. You know, when I'm in my office, like yesterday, I had uh, just a hard conversation I had to have with uh, one of my clients. And afterwards, I was a little, kind of rattled a little bit. So, in Mm. the past, I would Continue to work, um, but yesterday I stepped away, walked my dog, uh, blew the leaves to uh, clean up my front lawn, and it kind of helped reset and just kind of be like, John, move on, like it's it's going to be okay.
0: Yep, yeah, and th- that's the important, really, really important part about freelancing is you gotta gotta know when self care needs to be there. You know, it, it's easy yes. to just keep your head down and keep working, but. Um... And it's it's really nice when you have a puppy too to walk.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I'll have conversations. I'm sure you have conversations with your uh, your pup, like as if like you're talking to like a client or something. But like I'll just oh, talk yeah. to her all day, and it's if anybody was here, they would think we're crazy. But I think that's what kind of makes us different, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I learned pretty early on uh, with podcast interviews that I have to keep her in her crate for the half hour that we do this because yeah, yeah. if she if she hears something, she'll like come up the stairs, she'll bark and then the recording is out, out the window.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, let's hope uh, there's no uh, doorbell ringing or we're uh, <laughs> we're toast here.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Let's get into the final freelancer Fave 5 questions here. Um, Number one, in terms of revenue, what is the best month that you've ever
1: had? Yeah. um, So the best month I've had was actually earlier this year in April. I was able to get connected with a business owner that owned four businesses, um, each of them doing very well. And I was able to sell. $50,000 $50,000 contract, um, which was great. And then on top of that, I had some renewals in that month and just other, uh, kind of money coming in from clients. So it was about probably $75,000 was the highest month I've had. Yeah. Damn. It was, uh, I was very lucky. Um, but I knew how to sell and provide value. Um, so that was probably the best month I've had.
0: Yeah. That's that's a, that's a great feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, number two, what is a favorite book or two that's affected the way you run your business?
1: Sure. And I appreciate you uh, bringing up that one book. I did take a note. I There's two books that I kind of base a lot of my business uh, relationships off of. Definitely um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh, Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad gave me that book in like sixth grade. Um, and, uh, I still read it to this day. I reread a lot of books. Um, I don't seek out new books. I think if you find a new book or a book that you like, just reread it. I mean, you pick up so many new things once you do that. Um, mm-hmm. and then another book is, uh, quench your thirst by, um, the, uh, is it Jim Koch? I think is his name. He is the owner of Samuel Adams, uh, uh, brewing oh, yeah. company. And, uh, I just really connected with his book because he had just great stories of like, just gritty, like being in the trenches of like figuring out how to sell this craft beer that people told them would never sell. So, uh, he's got cool stories in there. And I, I reread that because it, it just helps to relate to what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he had a book. Yeah, because he was on the um, uh, How I Built This podcast, and that was one of my favorite okay. episodes. Just hearing that story, yeah, like I had no idea that that was that was a cool story like that.
1: Yeah, I recommend he, his. He writes really easy too, so it's it's like maybe five ten pages per chapter, and it's got little yeah. little stuff, so it's good.
0: Nice. All right, number three. What are some of your favorite software tools uh, that you pay for that you use to grow your business?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, definitely, uh, Webflow is where I build all my websites now, um, and I definitely yeah. recommend them. I've built on all the platforms: Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, Webflow. I'm telling you, it's it's very easy and intuitive. It's awesome, and they're continuing to update things. So it's they're definitely one. Um, I mean, then just kind of basic ones like Canva. Um, I've kind of figured out how to really tap that software tool instead of using a Photoshop or Adobe service. Um, And I've created actually really good graphics with that. So that is definitely another one. QuickBooks, because it does all my accounting and uh, saves my life uh from the government coming after me um <laughs> and then uh yeah dropbox um that's another one i use just for you know photo storing another seo tool uh that i use which is like it's very unknown it's called nearby now okay and it's very good for like if you deal with businesses that are like doing jobs like uh, like a plumbing business that's out servicing or a uh, roofing company that's out doing roofing jobs. Essentially, they're able to uh, check in with this app and it tags um, their map location to Google and sends them pretty much like a tag mm-hmm. of the specific location they're using and then what the service they're providing. So if it's a roofing, if they're completing a steep slope roofing job in Elmhurst, Illinois, they can actually tag the house they're at. It doesn't show the house. It's good. It it works for my clients because I don't know, it just gives like an edge on Google. I've seen it with all my clients. So definitely check it out.
0: Nice. All right. Number four, what freelancer or micro business owners are you currently following?
1: Yeah. uh, Great question. I follow two podcasts pretty religiously. Um the first one is uh, Business and Biceps. Um it's with awesome. Corey Gregory and John Fosco. So these two guys, they just give you a hard, a kind of hard-nosed advice on everything. Um and that's why I like them. They're they've kind of built this supplement company and they talk about that, but It's more about their uh, stories from building previous businesses um, Mm. that I really like to enjoy and hear. And they're they're really funny. Uh, They're not for everyone, but they're good. Uh, The other one is um, Focus 3 podcast with uh, Tim Kite and uh, the former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer. Um, So those guys, I think Urban Meyer just joined Tim Kite, but... I really relate to like coaches for some reason, like sporting coaches. I really like to listen Mm -hmm. to how they command a room, uh, what they do to like just how they just develop programs. I think it's so cool to hear that. So those two are uh, kind of off the wall. Not a lot of people listen to either of these. I mean, Business and Biceps, decently popular, but I recommend Focus 3 too as well.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I'll check them out. Uh, Number five, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I loved when I saw this uh, question, I loved it. I would tell myself two things. First thing is always move forward um, because you're either getting better or you're getting worse. So if you're getting worse in some area, write down what the problem is and It's amazing what happens when you write something down. I feel that you comprehend it and you're just able to figure out a a way to fix what's going on and what's in your control. Uh, The other piece of advice, which I think is the most important, is have hard conversations fast. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean speaking fast, but that means in anything from your your friendships, to your business, to whatever you're doing. If you know there's something bothering you or you did something wrong and it's just kind of hanging over your head, have that hard conversation, get it out of the way, and you'll be fine.
0: Couldn't agree more. Uh, John, if listeners want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they go?
1: Yeah, so uh, designwands.com, we're currently updating that. or I am um so 2020 i'll have we got a lot of blogs we're working on and stuff so i'll be working on that and then um on the road with wands is my instagram so if you uh want to see where i'm at in the uh, chicagoland suburbs i'm all over the place like last week i was at my doggy daycare center um was out with my tree trimming business brookfield tree services so all over the board. So on the road with wands is my Instagram, uh, follow.
0: Great. Well, thanks for being on the show. This was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, Sean, I I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity and the follow-up here.